Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. All right. Hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you once again on another Thursday night. And uh, we're going to be back in the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, but before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that's joining me live and those that may be joining me later on uh, via Produced. You know, so once this gets uploaded after it goes live, if, you, if you're joining me when that happens, please leave a comment on the uh, page or on the video and let me know what you all think about that. Make sure you're uh, subscribing. If you haven't already done so, uh, get your friends to do such as well by sharing on Facebook and also in on YouTube. Just make sure you're letting everybody know about that. Also, I just want to make a reminder, if you want to listen to the audio version of every one of these studies, you can go to Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast, just about anywhere podcasts are found, okay? And I believe I'm just about on every single one of the uh, podcasting uh, distributors, so... Oh, boy. Well, something's going on. Well, so I had a little bit of a technical difficulty here on my audio. As soon as I started talking about the podcast, believe it or not, let's try this again. Hmm. I think something just came loose underneath here. So, oh, you guys are getting behind the scenes right now. I checked this before I started, too. Okay, well, that's okay. I'm going to have to uh, spend a little bit of time. I can do that later on. I know how to, I know how to um, address that problem. So, my audio recorder stopped recording for whatever reason. It sometimes happens, but that's okay. We will quit that here. Okay. Something happened with that, but I can go back in. I've had this happen numerous times, so I can go back in and get that fixed later on. But anyways, as talking about the audio podcast, they are going to be available. This one may take a little bit longer to get on there because I have to do some post-production stuff with that unfortunately, but that's okay. All right. Uh, so looking out, uh, over here on the YouTube page, I have, uh, Jason and my mom. Yes. Uh, the audio is, should be fine on the live broadcast. It's the recording for the audio, um, for the podcast. Uh, so it happens. Yes. The sound should be good for everybody, but it does happen. And Brother Dave is over there on um, 
Facebook. So is my dad. So my mom's watching on YouTube. My dad's watching on Facebook. That's good. And uh, Sister Susie Wilson says hello. Hello to you. And I see Sister Janet on there as well on Facebook. And uh, again, my dad said he's watching from Texas. And he's out there midway between Wichita Falls and Ab- uh, no Amarillo. And uh, so good to hear from you guys. I'm glad you're out there. Sister Cindy is also joining via Facebook as well. So it's good to see. Uh, probably a good amount of people joining right here, and that's that's great to see. Like I said, every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, I do these live broadcasts, but you can always go back to the uh, videos. I had a brother in Christ over at Community that asked me a question about my Millennial Rain series, and uh, he was able to go in and watch that. Um, there's a lot of content on both YouTube and Facebook that you can go back and I've even done the work for you. I've subject, you know, I've sectioned it off into different subjects, uh, different books of the Bible that we've studied through, uh, different "Let This Mind Be in You," uh, "What's on My Mind" series, uh, some other different ones. They're all labeled there, and so you can go there and look at those past videos if you like. Uh, I had a brother in Christ, uh, Christ that uh, was over in Romania. Brother Dave in Romania is still there. He's still um, deployed there in the army. And so if you're watching this, Brother Dave, he went back and started watching through Romans. He watched the entire What's on My Mind um, series. He's watched the Millennial Reign series. So thank you, Brother Dave, for doing that. And uh, I'm glad people are are starting uh, to figure that out, that they can go back and, and watch some of those. I do plan on, I'm not sure when that'll be, but I do plan on redoing some of the studies, not like that something's drastically changed, but I did the book of Romans probably now going on three years ago. And, um, I would like to kind of go back and readdress that, uh, a little bit, maybe still leave up the old videos as well. Um, so we'll see. Yes. Hello to Dave in Romania. <laughs> I shared it. So it should, oh, we're all good. Uh, everything on the Facebook and YouTube side, for those that are asking, everything is fine. Okay, you should be seeing me. Uh, the, that's recording the whole nine yards. Everything is good. It's my audio recorder that uh, somehow or another the, the driver fa- failed. It happens sometimes. Um, I don't. I, I use what comes with this Apple product here, this MacBook. And I've been using that for years to record the audio while. I'm just going on these live streams. So it comes out of my board here and goes into this computer here, audio only. And then right across from me into this other computer is what gets all the video and audio to produce live and uh, to push it out into the internet so you guys can watch that. So um, maybe one of these days I'll take this camera and I'll spin it around. Uh, Not right now because we have a yard sale that's going to be happening tomorrow uh, and also Saturday here at the house. Again, we're, we're downsizing quite a bit. We've already done a lot over the past five or six months even. And um, so we're getting down to um, crunch time, so to speak. And um, we're going to do the yard sale tomorrow and Saturday and then potentially do another one, I think, uh, later on in September. And uh, today, just I, I don't care if you – I don't know if you guys care about – 
our lives or whatever. Or I'm sure some of you are just like, preach, you know, like we, we came here for the teaching or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that do care um, and don't mind a little bit of banter, I guess, or a little bit of just filling you in what's going on. Uh, so we are moving into the fifth wheel. Uh, we have to be out of here and into the fifth wheel by October 1st permanently. Um, however, um, I pulled it from uh, Alabama. I did park it. It, uh, it was pretty stressful. I think I told you guys about that last week where I said, you know, hey, uh, it's going to be my first time driving it. And I praise the Lord, everything went well. Uh, I was able to park it on base, uh, get it all hooked up. And I even had to move it again a couple spaces down, but gave me some more practice. And we just booked today over in Louisiana, about an hour or so away. Uh, we just booked a RV park for Labor Day weekend. And we're going to be going over there and having a time as a family. But you have to get past this yard sale first. And then my wife is, um, bless her heart, she has been working so hard. I'm so proud of her. Um trying to get all that stuff organized. I'm just the one that picks up heavy stuff and moves things around. She's the organizer. And uh, I'm so happy that she is doing that. Yes, Kalisha D'Angelo is very busy. So, all right. Anyways, with that being said, let's go ahead and get started into 2 Corinthians. Because I, uh, chapter 2, I really was... Um, I, I was kind of was like, well, you know, there's 17 verses. Uh, Paul is just really kind of rehashing some stuff that happened in, you know, the first letter and getting into that. But as I started studying through and I started reading through, when I started getting down towards the end, a, a specific term jumped out at me. Um, and when it did, it was talking about triumph in Christ, but it was sweet savor. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight that, that just really jumped out at me. And I want to really go over that, uh, but it shouldn't be too long of a broadcast tonight, but uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. So if you would, turn over your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, pray that you're following along in a King James Bible. Hey, Sister Vivian, I see you there. And Sister Cherie, wow, a lot of people joining over there on Facebook. Glad to see you all. I think uh, the Duffies were also talking about potentially able to watch, so that's good. I'd like to see that. And of course, YouTube, uh, Brother Jason, glad to see you. My mom, everybody else that's on there, good to see you as well. So let's get started. Second Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse number 1, Paul says, But I determined this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness, all right, so what is he talking about here? What, when did he come in heaviness? Well, if you remember our study of 1 Corinthians, that first letter, boy, he really had some things he had to address with the folks there in Corinth. And uh, there were some things going on. You remember one was having some sort of relationship um, with his father's wife, and all sorts of other things were going on uh, relating to even when they were celebrating the Lord's Supper, as some call it, and all these different things, that they were turning it into a party. And he had to address that. So there was many things that Paul had to address. So now he's saying, I'm writing this another letter to you all. But I determined that this was going to have a little bit of a different tone. Of course, this is inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
But the fact is that the church of Corinth had taken care of business. They had a repentant heart. They had changed things that were going on. They had taken the instruction in righteousness. They had taken the word from uh, the apostle Paul as the word from the Lord and really had cleaned up some things, so to speak. And so they had really worked on that. But Paul is addressing that. So this is what the context of all this is. And he says in verse number two, for if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad? But the same, which is made very sorry, which is made sorry by me. So he's asking the question, like, I know I made some people sorry about this, but who were they? The way I kind of read this is that the people that it made sorry, that was a repentant sorrowful. So a godly repentance, a sorrowful heart. Uh, this is who w- was made sorry, but not with just like the world sorry, like, oh, sorry, I got caught, whatever. It was a true godly sorrow uh, for their sins. And it, I believe that it gets addressed later on in this letter. But anyways, he says, but the same which is made sorry by me. And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, this was last time, not that ye should be grieved, but that ye may know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. I, I, when I read this, this, is the, this should be the desire of all of our hearts, especially those that are, um, I wouldn't say like leadership within a church, but, you know, elders and, and those that are, uh, striving to be about the word. When you address problems, it's not to destroy somebody, but instead and to help them. And Paul addresses that many, many times. He said, beware, be careful of even doing that lest ye fall. So we should not be puffed up and looking to, to damage somebody. But instead, as Paul is saying here, he wrote with many tears, not that they should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. Nevertheless, he says this in verse 5, But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. So, that, you know, you notice this, that everybody was, because of the actions of a few, a lot of people were wrapped up in all this, even if they weren't even, let's say, like actually involved in whatever was going on, there was still grieving of the entire body there, the local body of believers. So, you know, they got the entirety of the letter. You know, it was written to the church at Corinth. First Corinthians starts out to the saints at Corinth, you know. <laughs> so they were all lumped in as this local body. And isn't that the case that happens all the time? Um, as a entity, the local body of believers, what affects one affects all. Because, again, Paul uses the analogy of the human body. You can't have some part of your body damaged without the rest of your body not knowing about it, okay? I think, like, I think of my uh, right knee right now. You know, we've been working, I've been getting up and down off the RV, I've been doing all these kinds of things, and my right knee screams at me most of the day now. I've got arthritis in it, um, there's not a lot of cartilage left in it, and it's grinding pretty good. However, 
that's not just like, oh, it's just my knee and the rest of my body forgets about it. It affects the entirety of the body. And so that's what he's talking about here is inflicted of many. Everybody was feeling these things that go on. Verse number seven, so that contrary wise, ye ought rather to forgive him. And look at those words, comfort him. Not to say, okay, we're comforting you while you remain in your sins. But the fact that this man, and I think specifically this is talking about the man, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 6 or 7. I can't remember right off the top of my head where this is addressed. But not to, to condone what he was doing, to comfort him in that way, but like, oh, it's okay. It's to address the problem, as they should have, and that there was a true repentance, a godly sorrow, got his heart right. Something was obvious about what had us happen. And then it says, you then after forgiving him to comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. So there's the results of the first letter that came. It addressed a problem. The church said, okay, taking it as the word of the Lord, they addressed the problem, not out of to destroy this young man or whoever uh, that was wrapped up in all this, but to say, look, this, thus saith the Lord, out of a heart of love, truth and love cannot be separated, and that there was a change. Something happened, turned, a changing of his mind. Oh, ah, so correction was made at that point. And then they said, and once that happens, though, for them to forgive and to comfort and to bring him back in, to restore such a one. Now, I will bring this up as something just popped in my mind. Restoring such a one only means to the, the you know, as the local body. It doesn't mean necessarily that somebody commits or has, does something within the local body that we restore such a one maybe to a position or an office. When somebody gets disqualified from an office, I'm speaking specifically uh, when it, it mentions in Timothy and Titus talking about the office of a bishop or you know the the men that help the deacons and so forth and so on. These these scriptural offices that are within it, restoring such a one means to the to the fellowship knowing okay. They got things right. However, well, now I want to be able to be in a position of leadership again is not necessarily something that needs to be happening. Restoring such a one has nothing to do with restoring such a one to another position if they are scripturally disqualified from said position. Okay? You can't just sit there and say, well, yes, we forgive you, brother. Now we're restoring you to this position. If he violated and is no longer... Um, meeting the criteria, so to speak. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't love a brother. It doesn't mean that we don't have, as it says here, comfort him and all these different things. But if there's a true repentance and a desire now to follow the word, there's going to be a desire to follow the word in entirety. Don't just sit there and say, okay, put you right back into this position here. Okay, seen it too many times. Okay. All right. I saw something out of the corner of my eye. Okay. I see that. Thank you, honey. All right. But anyways, so I just wanted to make that really, really clear. 
they restored such a one, there was uh, so there would be not over much sorrow. And then in verse number eight, it says, getting back to the uh, passage here, it says, "Wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him." So forgiveness needed to be uh, happen. Forgiveness was was done, and they're comforting him, and just making sure that they would confirm that they still love this brother. So many times we, I think, this is just my perception sometimes, and and whether or not it's true or not, it's just the way I kind of perceive some things sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I perceive, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm off base here, but that some people enjoy the conflict. Okay, so this brother is wrong. This brother is wrong. And it almost destroys them when the brother gets right with the Lord. <laughs> okay, and it almost destroys them because, or in fact, it does because they can't, they can't get past it. They want to keep, you know, they love the conflict or they love the fact that they can be like, well, this brother was wrong. So Paul's ensuring that they understand the true repentance happened and the forgiveness that should happen. And that's going to be important because such were some of you. We think about this now when we think about the body of Christ. We think about what Christ did for us. And while we are yet sinners, he died for us. He took a vile sinner and placed his righteousness upon you so that he no longer sees any sin. And here we are, supposing we were supposed to have the mind of Christ, supposed to follow what he is doing, he did, his example, the fact that his spirit is within us, and then that same spirit, we are to forgive others as Christ has forgiven us. And showing that love toward them and confirming that uh, that love toward him. Verse number eight. Now, verse number nine. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you whether ye be obedient in all things. Now, again, Paul's writing this letter because he, it, you know, it's not like we have today where he can get on a phone or he can, you know, get on the internet here and just and reach out and via some sort of social media or something like that. He had to write a letter and just to confirm with them and to have that proof of them that they did in fact do these things. So that's why he's writing, whether ye be obedient in all things. Not as Paul is writing, you know, things for them to follow and so forth and so on. It's God-inspired. This is from the word of the Lord. Are you following the word in all things? And I will have to tell you, God expects us to follow him in all things. As we come together as the body, we can't pick and choose, okay, all things. And so when we come together, church, when you come together with your local body, you are to be about the word and the word alone in all things. Well, this kind of goes against what we've always been taught. Confirm in yourself that this is the word of the Lord and say, "Mm, I'm going to follow this been taught something for 50 years, it doesn't matter if it's not of the word. Follow the word. Be obedient in all things. And then verse number 10, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. 
For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes, look what he says, forgave I it in the person of Christ. The true um, follower of Christ is going to lead or walk in his spirit as he has commanded us to do. Well, some do we do that all the time? Of course not. We need to strive, though, to walk in the Spirit. Be holy for I am holy, all these different kinds of things. And when we forgive others, we forgive others as Christ has forgiven us. If they have a repentance, a godly sorrow, you know, some we can confirm those things, too, because if somebody continues in that sin, they obviously are not... Uh, changing their mind about it. They may need some help, obviously, but that's when the body comes together. But again, just for somebody to say, yeah, uh, yeah, I was wrong, uh, forgive me. And then they continue on in the same things. It's not true repentance, a changing of mind and direction towards another direction. But he forgave it in the person of Christ. Uh, something really interesting person. Okay. The term person. Some people use plurality when they say persons, three persons. God is always referred to as a person, singular. You don't believe me? Turn in your Bible to Joel, uh, Job, excuse me, chapter 13 and verse number eight. In Job chapter 13, I just, this is a side note, so to speak, but you go back to Job chapter 13 and verse number 8. Just a little bit of a side path, so to speak. Job chapter 13. I had to clean up my language a little bit when I was talking about persons. God's never referred to as in persons, only person. Person of Christ here and in jo and Job chapter 13 and verse number 8. Uh, starting in verse number seven, will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for him? Now, the pronoun is, the antecedent is God. Now, every time a pronoun like him is used in relation, you go back to the prior noun, proper noun, which is God, describing who him is. Now, look what it says in verse number eight. Will you accept his person? Will you contend for God is still speaking about God, his person. We are created in his image, singular. God is one. I had a dear sister in Christ here. Uh, I think she's over here on Facebook here. But Sister Janet called and was talking about that. We had a good discussion talking about the person of Christ and how we are created in his image. There's still three. These three, though, are one, one person. Okay, one more, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 1. Famous passage of Scripture. Famous Hebrews chapter 1. Anytime you've ever seen, like, and when the term person is used, it's in relation to God, is always, always in your Bible, person. It's the three times it's used, by the way, too. Job 13, verse number 8. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2, 
We just looked at 2 Corinthians 2 and verse number 10, speaking of Christ, which we know is God manifest in flesh. And then here in Hebrews chapter 1, God, okay, we know who specifically is talking about, who had sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past, unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. You mean Jesus Christ spoke the worlds into existence? Yes. See, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created. That's Jesus. Now, verse number three, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his what? Person. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So again, just a side note, but any time, so I had to clean up my language. I no longer say three persons. God is a person. Okay. No matter what a song says. Okay. So again, I'm not trying to blow anybody's mind here, but I'm trying to be scriptural and to be obedient in all things. God's never referred to as persons, not one single time in the Bible. Anyways, going back to 2 Corinthians 2. Verse number 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of the main devices that Satan knows he can't get your soul, he can no longer have you, so to speak, but what he can do is have you destroy others. That's what he can do, and that's why Paul is specifically talking about this instance in the context. He's saying that this is one of his devices, to get in within a local body and to have somebody do something, because we're all still in sinful flesh, unfortunately, and to get us to say, but that person's gone. No matter if forgiveness happens, no matter if repentance happens, true godly sorrow, all these different kinds of things. Yeah, no. God, God inspired Paul to say these things is one of the, and saying that Satan uses this as one of his devices and to get an advantage of us. Now, can't overcome the church, okay? He won't tear down the church. Because the church cannot be torn down. He thought he got the church, the body of Christ, when he was crucified. But Christ reigned, raised victorious over death, conquered that, made a show of it openly. Satan can't do that. He cannot win, so to speak, against the body. He can't prevail against the body of Christ. But what he can do is within us is to cause that division that strife, that vainglory, those things like, well, at least I'm not like this brother over here who did this, this one. Wait a minute. That person has been restored in this local body. They have repented and they have changed. They're, they're no longer in said such whatever was going on. And Paul's using the example of this man there in the church of Corinth. Excuse me. And that's a pretty, um, you know, that's a pretty um, just major thing that was going on there. And everybody knew about it, too. So, and yet they confirmed that this person 
was restored and that Paul was saying, now continue to love this person, show this, I beseech you, you would confirm your love towards him. And in verse number 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, I think that's interesting there. Paul talks about it being my gospel numerous times, but it's still the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, same subject matter. Okay, the subject matter. Preaching nothing but Christ crucified, Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus my brother, but make, taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. And I have a note here. Just give me a second look up something. I'm not trying to have dead air here, but mm -mm -mm. sometimes make sure here. Oh, yes. Uh, this is just the, uh, the account of this in the book of Acts. So Acts 16 and verse number six, this is what he was talking about here, you know, going to Troas and different things like that. And um, this is where we get where a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Verse number nine, there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed to him saying, come on over un into Macedonia and help us. So I think that's why I wrote it down. That's the Macedonia. Okay, so yes, Acts 16 and verse number 6, if you want to find that. Now it says in verse number 14, Now thanks be unto God, and this is where I wanted to really focus in on, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Isn't that just the, the understatement? <laughs> I don't want to say that because it's, it's, it's inspired of the Holy Spirit, but that it causes us to triumph in Christ. I, I feel like that's that's our victory cry. Every time that we come to the word and to know that who we once were and what he has made us now and our identity in Christ, we triumph. Just as it says that Jesus triumphed over the death, triumphed over the grave, O oh, death, where is thy sting? Because of that now, he is the first fruits of that resurrection. Now we get to experience that ourselves. We may die physically, but that flesh will now put on incorruption one day. It's been promised. It's been assured. Uh, we talked about that on Sunday, that the, the resurrection of the body of Christ, it will happen because of the earnest of the Spirit. And because of what has happened in our lives, because of him, we triumph. What a great statement. We don't triumph in and of ourselves, but in Christ, and make it manifest. What is manifest? Again, manifest is clearly seeing something. This is, should be blatantly obvious and evident in you. And make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Again, I go back to this numerous times because Paul addresses us as ambassadors of Jesus Christ in this present world. We are ambassadors, so in every place that we go, what should be happening? What? People should be seeing the triumph in you, in Christ. And maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Look in verse number 15, and I, this is what really jumped out to me. When I saw this, I was like, oh, I need to go look this up. And sure enough, 
numerous times mentioning of the sacrifices in the Old Testament, this term, sweet savor. It says, verse number 15, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. In them that are saved, and then it says this, and in them that perish. So what does that mean? That that means with um, among the brethren, we should be confirming within each other and within us as we come together, nothing but the word. And as we do that, we can see clearly making manifest the, the Savior, which is a sweet savor of Christ. And also, and then them that perish. Not everybody will get saved, unfortunately. However, those that are within and without should know Christ is in you. Now, whether or not the Spirit will work on the heart of a man, the Spirit will convict them of their need of a Savior, He will convict them of their sin condition and how much trouble they are in through his word, which he inspired, and which we are just to give to every man. But not every man will come to that. It's unfortunate because it's a free gift, but many, many, many will deny it, will reject it outright. But when I saw this term, sweet savor, if you go back, and we don't have time here tonight, but if you go back and just do a quick word search of sweet savor, how many times when a sacrifice was given that it arose and it said that God smelled it as a sweet savor? And I think about Jesus Christ on the cross, God manifest in flesh. And when he died for your sins and mine and the sins of the entire world, that that went up, even though he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Even though the sins of all of eternity, from Adam on out to when death and hell are cast into the lake of fire, all that was placed upon the sacrifice. And because of that sacrifice, now when God views us, again, when he sees us, all he sees is that sweet savor of that sacrifice of Jesus. That is what, to me, when I see that, the sweet savor of Christ, I think about that and I'm just like, wow. And then go over to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 2. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5 and verse number 2. Look at this, this in context of what has been going on in this portion of this letter, chapter 2, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, in this portion of the letter, everything that Paul has expressed through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Look in Ephesians chapter 5. And we'll start in verse number one, where it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and, sacri- and a sacrifice to God for what? For a sweet-smelling savor. To me, like, when, I, when I see that, we are the body of Christ. 
the sacrifice has been made. There is no more sacrifice for sin. It's once. He was sacrificed once. And because of that, now upon us, because of his imputed righteousness upon us, we are clothed in his righteousness that it's on us now, not because anything or works that we have done or anything is because of him alone and his sacrifice and his righteousness and his spirit within us now when God sees us. He doesn't see a sinner. And I, I brought this up one time, and I understand the, the sentiment. I really do. I've heard this my entire life. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I get it. That is, I understand the context of that. However, I will have to tell you that in God's eyes, and what should be in our eyes, because we should be having the mind of Christ, we are no longer viewed as a sinner at all, because we are viewed with the sweet savor of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. That's how we're viewed. And if somebody out there is struggling with things, I understand in this flesh there is a sin that easily besets us. We have this flesh, but crucify that thought in your mind because that body, that old man, has already been nailed to Jesus Christ's cross. Just as if you were there 2,000 years ago and you threw your sins upon him, that's exactly what happened. So your identity now is no longer a sinner saved by grace, you're saved by grace. That sacrifice, you are now a sweet-smelling savor because it's the only thing emanating off of you is the sacrifice of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? And doesn't that really change our perspective on who we actually are because of Christ? I think that'll help you. It helps me to understand that I no longer have this stench. I only have a sweet-smelling savor of this Savior, Jesus, on me. Mm, man. So in verse number 15, again, for we are unto God, a sweet savor of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and, un and to the other the savor of life unto life. So, again, Christ in you, we have life and life more abundantly. Confirm that within each other. And really come to that and grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and follow his word alone and be obedient in all things. But to those that are lost, it's a confirmation to them that they're in a lot of trouble. Look what it says again when it says, to the, to the one we are the savor of death unto death. There is going to be what's called the second death. We talked about this on Sunday as well, but the, the, the third resurrection chronologically that happens is called the second, I guess you would say the second resurrection. 
that chronological, that last resurrection of the dead and the sea gives up the dead and death and hell gives up the dead and everybody, they will be resurrected into a body that will burn for eternity in the lake of fire. That's a third resurrection you do not want to be a part of because what's called the second death is going is to come. Those that died experienced a first death, but then there's a second death to come. And that's what it's talking about, death unto death. They can smell it. And as we are supposed to be ambassadors and the true salt, the, the savor, the, the, the light should be of the, of the one that is the light of the world, God manifest in flesh died for us. And so now we are to live with his spirit that is in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we get together, that should be evident between us as believers. When we're around the lost, that should also be evident, and they should have that smell of going, ooh, that's not me, because of the spirit that's going to be working on them. Don't let your flesh get in the way. Okay, Die to self. Die daily. And who is sufficient for these things is a great question. We know of only one that is sufficient for all things. Verse number 17, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Keep bringing it up over and over and over again. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. talking about the anything else okay i get it brother mike you're always talking about you know we should be about the word but that's exactly what we should be about verse number one chapter two of first corinthians and i brethren when i came to you came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom that's of the world all that stuff declaring unto you the testimony of god for i determined not to know anything Anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Be about the word. Speak we in Christ. Understand who you are. Confirm exactly who you are in Christ and what all that means. You're going to have to confirm that every single day. Die daily. Your flesh is not going to want to be participating in that. That's the struggle. Die to self, though. Live in the spirit. And... It's an amazing thing. It's fun. It's, it's <laughs> everything you could possibly think of. That's what it's all about. As the life of the body of Christ now, as you are the representation of the body of Christ, he is in you. You're literally his arms and legs. Be like Christ. So walk ye. Be obedient in all things. All right, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I just wanted to talk about that. Go back and look at uh, Second, uh, excuse me, uh, in the Old Testament and just do a word search of sweet savor. And you'll see the sacrifice, the sacrifice over and over again. Noah gets off the ark, he sacrifices, and it arose unto God a sweet savor, and he said, I'll never again destroy the earth by a flood of water. And it's true. He will destroy the earth, though, with a fervent heat that is to come. 
So, anyways, but just go look that up. So that's Second Corinthians chapter two. Thank you for joining me here. Um, boo, boo, boo. Just all the same. Bah, bah, bah. Okay. Just looking at a little bit of terms here. Anybody have any questions? I would be willing to take that now. Oh, okay. Brother Dan, Brother Dan Carr Jr. Um, his, uh, he was traveling home from Louisiana back over here to Mississippi and he was pulling the trailer, and his wife and three of his children were in the uh, vehicle with his wife. And a car go- traveling westbound as they were going eastbound on I-10 went across the median, all the way down the median. It's a, it's a, there's not very, uh, there's not like a one little divider dividing these two. In. It's a pretty big swath of grass. Uh, if it happened exactly where I think it happened. But somebody came all the way across that median and hit him dead on. Head on. And uh, Brother Dan's uh, wife, Sister Jackie, uh, who I produced a video for, I don't know if that's on this channel or not, but anyways, the point is is that um, you know she was banged up uh, but survived and uh, is doing okay, I guess, but very sore. Um, his daughter... I uh, had to go over to a children's hospital in Alabama uh, just for observation, but uh, I believe she's doing okay. But be in prayer for the Carr family. And uh, the don't know the entire situation as far as the other driver, but I do know uh, as far as what Brother Dan told me, the, uh, the driver did not survive and um, died on impact. So don't know exactly what all that happened there, but, whew, you know, Life is short, it is but a vapor. So, you know, and uh, they have Sister Jackie and them, you know, they, they, they have a testimony of, of salvation and we confirm in each other these things. And, but it just goes to show you that sometimes you're just doing everything right. They weren't speeding, they weren't, it just, that's what happens. So be in prayer for them um, as they recover and uh, for, you know, physical healing. Um, but I will tell you as somebody that's been around, um, you know, we don't know the, 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 the spiritual condition of the person that was driving, uh, or their family. So we just don't know. So, um, you know, that, that is always rough. I would say that, that, that weighs on somebody's, even though you're not in the, you're not in the blame, uh, our dear sister was not doing anything wrong. It just came all the way across all that grass and everything and, and hit them dead on. And, um, and that's, it's a really a tough thing to, um, go through. Okay. When somebody, especially when somebody doesn't survive on the other side of that. Okay. So, uh, be in prayer for her and, um, you know, because I know that that's rough. I can, I, pretty much know that from uh they call it like survivor you know guilt or whatever uh but i've been around a lot of situations where um people around me did not survive but i did so anyways it's not important just the the point is is that uh she needs a lot of prayer the car family needs prayer um and whatever this other family that uh, lost this person also rough 
So uh, just be praying that this, this situation, that God would be magnified and they would give God all the glory and that um, something would come out of this. We don't know. We may never know. But uh, be, just be praying for that situation, okay? So um, we're, we're so thankful. When I got that, uh, that news uh, this morning uh, via text, um, I was obviously, you know, like, oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, but uh, the, their family is doing okay from what I understand. But uh, now the, um, the aspect of living with that is also going to be difficult. So just be praying for them and lift them up, okay? That's the Carr family. Um, specifically uh, Sister Jackie. So be praying for her. Okay. I just wanted to mention that as a, as a prayer request. But if you have any prayer requests, you can always leave them here on the live stream if you'd like or if you want to leave them in the comment section or if you want to just, you, want, you would like me to help pray along with you about something. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, but if you would like me to pray about something, I'm not going to mention it on the, uh, the live streams or anything like that. But you can always talk to me or reach out to me. Some of you have my personal number. Uh, but if you, the best way to get a hold of me, if you do not have that, is to uh, reach out to me via email. Excuse me. And that is at ltmbiy, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And um, we can talk there. So praise the Lord. Mom says, Great lesson. Love you. I love you too. All praise, honor, glory goes to Him. And I'm thankful for everybody that joined tonight. Okay, with that being said, uh, I don't see any prayer requests or any comments or questions. So with that, we'll wrap it up. And I'm sure I got several other things to do to help around the house and to help my wife. So it will take me a little bit to get this video and then put it into this program so I can get just get the audio file, but that's for me to work on. So, all right. Loving Lord, God bless you. We're going to be in back in second Corinthians. Um, if you know, Lord willing, obviously, uh, next Thursday night. So tell everybody, uh, to join us live. But again, if you miss it, um, it's understandable. If you miss it, you can always go back and watch any of the things back in the archives, back in the library, it's good. It's getting close now to. We're almost the two hundred videos. I would say. We're north of one hundred and fifty. I'm pretty sure about that. So, um, nearing two hundred different uh, topics or different times that I've done this, whether produced or live. So, uh, it's going on three, almost four years now too. So, but uh, I love it. I love the confirming that it does. I love every single time it works on me. So uh, I pray that his word is working on you and that you're obedient in all things. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. And uh, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.